everyone and welcome back to the Enterprising Podcast by Westpick. My name is Alison Gunnigal, Marketing Project Executive at Westpick. I'm delighted to be joined here in the Cowork Plus building in Carndona, County Donegal by Kevin Sexton. Kevin is the Head of Innovation at Alpha Innovation, which will be located in Letterkenny, and this is something we will discuss later in the episode. Today, we will cover all things Enterprise in Donegal and the Northwest region. So you're very welcome, Kevin, and thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much, Alison. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. To start things off, Kevin, can you please give a little bit of information regarding yourself and your background to our listeners? Okay. Um, well, I'm originally from Inishowen, but I've been gone most of my life. Um, and uh, I suppose recently I've returned initially to remote work for a European management technology company that I was working for over the last numbers of years and came back here during lockdown. So I thought, why not be in beautiful Inishowen rather than in a city during lockdown? So that was my initial return to the to the region and delighted to have that opportunity. Um, um, I'm back here to head up the Alpha Innovation Centre in Letterkenny, uh, which we'll speak about, I suppose, in a little while. Um, but more recently, I suppose, uh, that European angle. So I was working with a company, as I said, a management technology consulting company where I was leading out on innovation across Europe. So my typical day would have been working, you know, from the Nor from Norway to Finland, Sweden, all the way through Germany, down into Italy and, and France and the UK and Ireland as well. Um, and I suppose it was looking at, you know, finding those potential corporate spin outs. So we had a real commitment to spinning out businesses. Um, we had a significant budget. We had our own venture capital fund. And so what we would do is bring some of the potential problems that could be opportunities through a process. And uh, and the idea was to help them to either fail fast and learn and go again, or to uh, give them a bit of support and get them to the next stage. We kind of worked on sort of four phases of innovation. First phase was kind of you know discovery whether there was an opportunity at all, um, getting past some of the kind of bias where you convince yourself there's an opportunity, um, and going out and testing that with customers and understanding actually yeah this is an opportunity that you know could if it proves right attract significant investment because the opportunity is there. Um, so I was doing that across Europe uh, for the last numbers of years and uh, then I was sitting down and in a show at my desk. Uh, of course, I had to innovate the whole process I was using as well because previously I would have been building innovation labs and you know doing this face-to-face. So um, during lockdown, we had to innovate how we brought innovation to businesses basically. Um, and uh, But I was sitting there after I kind of industrialized this process using whiteboards and repeatable processes and uh, I thought to myself, why am I doing this all across Europe? I could bring this back to my old region. And, you know, the stars aligned, the opportunity aligned, um, and uh, and lo and behold, um, I left there, and now I'm full-time back here, so nobody's getting rid of me for a while. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. And it's great to hear of the, I suppose, the development of the different facilities in Donegal. Um, you mentioned there remote working. That has very much accelerated uh, people coming back to the county, uh, businesses, uh, coming back and also even attracted a little bit of FDI. So we'll discuss a lot of that today on the on the show. Um, but I'd like just to begin with um, the word is actually in that title of yours. What is innovation to you? Yes, Alison, I'm delighted you asked me the question. It's a term that gets used a lot. Um, and I think in some ways we start becoming immune to the real value of the word. And I don't know if we all really understand what we mean when we say innovating or being innovative. Um, so I'll start with one of the best uh, definitions I like to use, 
around innovation. And it's innovation is the process of improving, adapting or developing a product, system or service that delivers better results and creates value for people. And I think the really exciting part of that is the improving, adapting or developing. When we talk about innovation, often we think about that developing, developing this new, incredible blue sky idea that becomes Facebook or becomes TikTok or becomes Airbnb. But we forget that the other two thirds of the word innovation are around adapting and developing, or sorry, around adapting and improving. And so when you think about it in that sense, rather than feeling that innovation is something that only the Collison brothers do yep. at Stripe, we realise that actually we all improve and adapt things on a daily basis. We just don't think to ourselves in terms of innovation. You know, there's people working in engineering around the region, there's people working in fisheries, there's people working in tourism that are coming up with challenges where they've had to, you know, adapt the way they work, improve a system or a process they have. And that's the real bit that I think is very exciting. That's a bit that makes innovation really relevant to every business in Donegal, to every child you know, I, I always say innovation goes all the way from in a, a primary school, which we're really good at it. We get the cornflakes box and we build the rocket, you know. Um, we improve the box and make it into a toy. Like, that's that's where we show starts the start of innovation. But all the way through to people who are retired, who've lived through their lives and have really smart uh, insights to bring to maybe developing businesses. Um, but, yeah, I think it's it's around that kind of idea of improving, adapting and developing that we can't forget that it's not just developing this incredible new killer idea that nobody's ever thought of before. But actually, if we improve or adapt something in our process, let's take, for example, the engineering business again, or even in an agricultural sense, if we improve something that works better for us, then maybe there are other people in our sector that it would help improve their day-to-day -day as well. And if it improves the, the process for, you know, us in our local ecosystem then maybe there's a massive opportunity to bring it to germany or you know norway or into the us so i think demystifying innovation i think is a really good starting point um and the other piece is that you know it's adapting a product a system or a service you know so you can have an existing service or an existing process that you're using in your business to get your invoices in and out for example well maybe there's potential to bring into that word of improving and adapting again, improving that system so maybe it's a little bit more automated, uh, it takes a little bit more less time for somebody in their day-to-day, -day, um, frees up time to do something more valuable. So yeah, that, that, that's kind of a, my, my journey around the word innovation. <laughs> Perfect. I think it's, it's actually really important for people to understand that definition. Um, as you mentioned, quite often it's overlooked, that improving and adapting side that's to it. But in our discussions, and I'll premise this by saying we may be a little bit biased, having both been born in Donegal and myself being from Bonkrana here in Inishon as well. So we we discussed how people in Donegal are often seen, we think, as quite resilient people. And um, as many people know, Donegal is often referred to as the forgotten county. But we, we have the sense that, um, and Kevin, we, we already discussed that, We'd rather look at the positive things rather than the negatives. You can get bogged down in the negatives, but I think there's a lot, and I mean a lot, of positives to take from, as I say, the people in Donegal, the massive support in terms of the stakeholders around innovation and entrepreneurship in the county has, in my opinion, uh, accelerated and thrived um, as a result of the pandemic. You know, the, the work that the Donegal County Council has put in, the, the branch of the Invest Donegal that they've 
newly developed uh, the Donegal Leo the list goes on and I'm definitely leaving out a lot of other stakeholders there but it just goes to show that we mentioned this coming together um, and we're stronger together um, is something that we're quite passionate about and we share that yeah, we, sure. we share that um, exactly and I think you know you mentioned as well hunting like a pack um, just explain to me in your opinion you know obviously the state of innovation in Donegal but more so how do you think the, the ecosystem is here and how do you think is um, the landscape in terms of any startups if someone maybe who's listening today from the region uh, is thinking god Kevin said there you know about adapting or improving upon this certain whether it be a service or a product um, or if they're coming up with a brand new idea if they're sat at home today Kevin what do you think for them is the benefits of starting here in Donegal? Yeah, I, I, you know, it's a, it's a conversation we've had before and it's a very exciting one. It's one that I get really passionate about is some of the pieces you've touched on around, you know, our resilience, um, our independence, our determination, um, being self-reliant, um, you know, working together. Maybe it comes from being quite coastal. I think we also are great dreamers and great vision, um, natural problem solvers, really empathetic as well. All the skills really when you think about it, even if you think about it in terms of design thinking, you know, it starts with empathy, listening to somebody, understanding their view of a challenge or problem. Uh, like I say, you know, we're, we're never going to improve, adapt or develop something unless we listen to others and find out, oh, what's their experience of it? Is that an issue for them? It's similar to me, myself. And, but your question, I think, is broadly around then you know what makes Donegal a really special place I suppose to start up spin out and scale I think it is all those qualities I think it's the determination um, I think um, you know we're very positive I think you know we won't let a no stop us if we feel I always say it never take no for an answer I think we'll always keep going um, we'll listen that's where the empathy piece comes in but I think then we'll always be looking for opportunities. The other thing which I think is interesting as well, is, as you mentioned, is there's a lot of great stakeholders and supporters around the region. In fact, as you mentioned earlier, you know, we're probably blessed in this country as a whole in terms of the amount of supports we have. I always say supports are never the issue, whether it's funding or grants or programs or so on. That's never the challenge. What I see in innovation often the challenge is actually not solving the right problem or a problem that's big enough and scales globally because I think that's what we need to be looking at is, you know, um, not the opportunity in a national sense, not an opportunity that will just solve something in my community, although it often starts in your own community, but looking at whether the problems that we're looking to solve, um, the uh, validation or the, the, the prototypes you're looking to test resonate at a global scale, because I think the world is contracting and contracting with technology now, you know, somebody have your message, seconds after you've sent it no matter where in the world you're sending that email or that you know tweet or whatever the case might be or your sms so the world is contracting the opportunities are global um but i think uh, i suppose uh, you know knowing that we're starting with a problem that is exists at scale is really important um and also the other thing is just working together you mentioned the idea of you know hunting as a pack sometimes we think the opportunity is just down the road but actually the opportunities are vast and sometimes the opportunities are so big that no one business really can go after alone. So I think we need to get really good at kind of collaborating and working together and, and hunting it together so that we can go after those big global opportunities. 
Um, and I suppose what I'm aiming to do with Alpha Innovation is teach people some of those repeatable techniques and skills and bring them tools that are not complicated, they're not costly, it's not time consuming, so that we can break down some of the siloed thinking in terms of this is an opportunity just for my business. Now, I have to say a lot of this collaboration is going on already. So for example, in Killy Beggs, you have the engineering cluster down there collaborating with the current owner, Welditz, for example. Um, so you have a lot of the business, and KER as well down there. So you have a lot of businesses already collaborating together that we don't often hear about, but they're working really smart and they are hunting as a pack. You know, um, I know Welditz have a laser machine and you know, Killy Beggs send their orders up and it's done here in Carandona. Um, but similarly, it's happening in other areas. So I think that, that you know, telling those stories of collaboration is already really happening in it. And the, the advantage to those businesses doing that is another really important point. I may have gone off point there. Sorry, Alison. No, I, I think it's a very interesting discussion and it's actually very exciting um, to hear of, you know, the clustering and, and hunting like a pack. We were discussing how sometimes it's stripping it back uh, into simple terms of, you know, we look towards the, the more tribal people and um, the success they had. You mentioned how David Attenborough had a, I think with Blue Planet and the, the idea of the, the whales working as a team to, to get the fish. So it's, it's something that I think is very much at the forefront of the vision in terms of where Donegal and for example, Alpha, as you said, Alpha Innovation, that's probably a lot of in terms of the vision, in terms of collaboration. And I think it is key in, in order for companies to go forward and startups and, and the, the whole region to thrive as a whole. So definitely, um, I think it's a very good point. And, and, and actually, Alpha, and I know we can talk about it later on, but as a as a spirit, the whole concept is actually having that space. We were at, I was at the conference on Monday in ATU and somebody asked the question, how do we make that space to innovate? You definitely have to make the space and time. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to take months and months and months. But also, I believe sometimes you have to come away from your day-to-day -day job. You have to come out of your space where you work, where you've got all your own biases and all your own beliefs, and come into a central space where you can work together with businesses that you wouldn't normally maybe rush, rush shoulders with. Either they're an earlier stage than you or a later stage than you. They might be an FDI company. They might be a really successful SME, or they might be a really early stage technology startup. But bringing people together in that melting pot and getting those conversations to collide is where the real magic happens and so I think that's that's another piece um, and that's why obviously you know the Alpha Innovation Centre is coming to life in the first place. You know. For sure and I think it's not only those early stage startups that benefit from that type of collaboration even the FDIs the more established companies they can have that sense of you know looking towards how can they innovate within their own companies uh, and by doing so by collaborating with maybe newer startups they, they can get the sense of having, you know, diversification. And as we all know, in order to survive in this world, we have to be constantly evolving. So I think it's it's benefits for everyone, not just the, the newer startups that are coming on stream. We actually, just in the company that I did work with in Europe, um, we did that intentionally. So we would have worked with like, well, every major brand, but you know, like Jaguar, Land Rover, BMW, IKEA, um, you know, the banking industry. And what we would do is we'd bring our startups into a dialogue with those really major companies. Now, first of all, to validate that some of the challenges that those startups have spotted exist in scale within those major companies, but also 
the advantage for those big companies was they were getting a site and an innovation before any other competitors had seen it. So they really relished the opportunity to have an input to say, well, if you're to build that solution for BMW, it would be really valuable if it worked in this sense in an automotive context. So they were able to have an influence in the way the startup was going to build its business out. From the startup's point of view, it was really valuable validation that the need existed, but also the customer telling them exactly what the problem was in their context. Um, uh, and what you'd find is, you know, those businesses would be the early pilot customers because they now said, you're solving a problem for me. I'm not even paying for it. All I'm doing is giving you some advice in terms of how the experience exists for me in my business. But for the startup, they were understanding the ins and outs of BMW rather than imagining them and using their own kind of bias around what they thought it might be. And also, so as I say, those businesses like the BMWs or the IKEAs then wound up becoming the pilot customers for a startup that otherwise would be fighting to try and find their first customer. They had customers lined up because the conversation was ongoing. Um, but also what you found out was that some of the businesses then would be the first, er not only early customers, but early investors into those businesses. Exactly. So no. you'd wind up then, then taking a stake. So when you went to the venture capitalist and said, I have BMW as a customer, they've helped me, we've co-created the solution, but of course we own 100% of the IP. And you know they've, they've not only become our first customer, but they've actually taken a stake in the business. Then it makes the whole conversation around venture capital really, really easy. And it's something that whole concept is so easy to replicate here mm -hmm. because, you know, you know, the business that I work with has asked me, you know, what interesting stuff are you seeing around Donegal? They have a venture capital fund. So we forget that, you know, we're two degrees of separation around, away from a really valuable opportunity. But we, I think we, you know, I, I use this term global ambition and local collaboration. I think we need to get together and work and not be afraid to ask people for a bit of advice or a bit of help or who do you know I should be talking to because the appetite in big business is there for them to get a, an insight into an innovation before any of their competitors do is really really attractive in fact there's a, a really big FDI here in Donegal and I had that conversation with them very early on I said you know hypothetically if we were spotting a startup that we felt you know was really potentially going somewhere um, but we had some questions around validating the challenge in a US context could we ask you to come in and give them a bit of tough love and you know tell them how they might have to adapt for the US market really early on um, and even maybe take them under your wing and you know nurture them a bit and give them a bit of advice would you find that attractive as a multinational organization and they said absolutely that would be attractive for us because we'd be able to as I've just said you know and I didn't come up with this idea, you know, we, you know, we've been doing this in Europe for a long time, but, you know, they said we could actually influence the route they're taking so that they would be not building the wrong product, but they'd be building the right product. And they said, you know, in fact, and I didn't position this as a question, but I, in the back of my mind, I was hoping it would go there. <laughs> they said, in fact, if we were able to spot them early on and see an opportunity, as I say, a competitive advantage against our competitors in the U.S., you know, they could actually be an interesting acquisition merger proposition for us. So, you know, when you think about it, there you have me talking about a hypothetical startup and a multinational organization with a massive footprint globally, but in, I was looking at the US market saying, if hypothetically there was a, a startup that was solving a problem that was important enough for us in our industry, we would not only give them advice, but potentially we'd be interested in the M&A with them. 
So that's kind of the root of how this can work. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, when I say, you know, global ambition and local collaboration, I don't see it as being very complicated. It's just about spotting those real challenges that exist globally. 100% agree with you there, Kevin. You say that's where you think Alpha Innovation will come in in terms of that as well, having those, I suppose, connections, but also giving the, the correct tools. So we've skirted around uh, in a sense, but I'd like you just to explain for our listeners what is Alpha Innovation? And for myself, it's quite new. It's coming on stream um, in the region here in Donegal. And I'd just like you to give me a little bit of info on that. Okay. So I'll tell you, I'll split it into kind of infrastructurally and then conceptually, mm-hmm. probably the best way. So infrastructurally, Alpha Innovation Centre is part of an innovation campus that's being developed in the centre of Letterkenny, just off the Port Road, up around where the old ESP Centre used to be, and opening the site all the way down to Pierce Road. It's part of a public realm, which is all part of you know Letterkenny Grand Master Plan as well in urban regeneration. Um, but if you imagine sort of a, a mini Google campus planted in the centre of Letterkenny in a dynamic town centre location, that's kind of roughly where you're talking about in terms of where it's going to be. What is it going to be? Um, we're building two buildings, the Alpha and the Beta, as we call them at the moment. Mm-hmm. And between them, you're looking at about 60,000 square feet of space. Um, so Beta is a bit bigger than Alpha. It's about twice the size of Alpha. Alpha is for all that sort of acceleration of learning, uh, experimentation, validation, that there is an opportunity, um, uh, and scaling globally. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you imagine that's one building next to a building twice the size where, uh, where you have potentially global businesses taking a footprint in there, but also maybe much more mature homegrown startups, mm-hmm. or even much more mature SMEs that have seen an opportunity to diversify and they're not at the kind of real start, start, start stage. Maybe they're a little bit more mature. They maybe need a bit of space to get away from the day job. As I say, I often use this term, you know, not working in the business, working on the business. So get people out of the supply chain for a couple of days a week or maybe more permanently, a little R&D innovation team coming away and working in there in the beta. So beta, more mature. And then at the other side, you've got alpha next door where all the businesses maybe have more questions. Maybe they're still exploring. Maybe they're still looking to discover opportunity. Maybe they're still figuring out how they get some of their early stage seed investment. They're rubbing shoulders with beta, more mature businesses. Mm-hmm. And you've got this really dynamic collision of thinking and ideas and you know, from a very immature in terms of innovation to very mature in terms of innovation. And if you think about it, Imagine I'm a startup business and I am trying to figure out something around my CRM, let's say a sales process. If I can go next door or upstairs and tap on the door or, you know, grab somebody at the kitchen where all the magic stuff happens, say, we're trying to figure out this piece around CRM. What did you do when you were at our stage? Like I saw these conversations happening. I was part of some of these conversations in the NDRC in Dublin, the digital mm-hmm. club when I was down there. You know, the real magic happened in the kitchen when somebody took their head out of their laptop walked away from their desk and had a cup of coffee or started making a cup of tea. And while the kettle was boiling, you had that really valuable conversation. And inevitably, people would walk away from that conversation, not just with a cup of tea or coffee, but with a solution of which CRM systems they shouldn't be bothering using and whether they even needed a CRM system at all. Because often you'd hear a startup or a quite mature business at the sort of scale-up stage saying, oh, I'll show you what we used here, I'll share it to you. And there's this sense of generosity that happens in that space where we're all on this journey together. Mm-hmm. And it creates a sort of critical mass of thinking. 
So I've talked about the infrastructure and the spirit of how we want it to work. And, and maybe to get a little bit more specific around Alpha, if you imagine Alpha being a sort of five to seven story building, right? Businesses go through different stages of maturity when they're starting up from start to scale and, yeah. and, and global investment. If you, It probably helps to think of Alpha as, like I say, a, a five-floor building where each floor is a phase. So at the beginning, you're trying to discover, is there an opportunity? And when you validate that there is an opportunity, then we move you to the next phase. And in that next phase, you've got a different um, set of you know tasks to complete. That are good for your business at that time. Not looking at the tasks for stage five or stage four, looking at the tasks for stage two to validate should you go to stage three. For those businesses at stage one who don't go to stage two, what you've helped them do is learn and fail really fast. And what you would have seen, and I would have seen this in the NDRC a lot, is that you get two or three of those that failed early and learned early. And next thing, their existing businesses might not go forward. But two or three people from the various businesses to get together and now that they understood how you really go after opportunity and validate opportunity then they would form a new business and they would go again and they'd be much stronger and more successful the second time around uh, they wouldn't need to learn that you have to talk to your customers they would they wouldn't need to learn that you don't chase grants you chase customers you think commercially rather than grant driven in terms of building your you know your roadmap your strategy so that's kind of in a nutshell i hope makes sense does it Alison? it does of course Kevin <laughs> and just going back to the the infrastructure in terms of the, the center itself you mentioned or I get the sense that it's a very open space it's going to allow that collision of ideas the collaboration as you said uh, in the kitchen where the magic happens but where did you draw these inspirations from you I suppose it's it's not anything that I've invented or imagined really okay I did do a lot of work on industrializing the innovation processes in Europe and I had my guinea pigs to, to iterate it with over there um, and just to say before I go on, we, uh, as a business with a significant budget in terms of venture capital and also significant budget in, in innovation, the business was only churning out about six startups a year. By the time I left, we were churning out 60, all the way through to Shark Tank investment. Significant investment because we were quite process-driven. Mm -hmm. Anybody out there who you know is interested in the startup world know the lean startup methodology and so on. And, uh, and if you don't, have a look at it. Do a bit of a quick Google, Eric Ries. Uh, the lean startup the books are really great but there's also lots of great blogs as well um but uh where did i get my inspiration so there was that where we kind of trialed you know what worked going back before that i spent time in the ndrc in dublin i spent time as a startup myself um and and we learned and we failed and we found out that things were going slower than we hoped and and for me i'm a very impatient person so uh, i went okay let's go again you know um but also it was then getting into that you know interest in lean startup methodology as i say and all the great stuff that's written out there that you can feed from um but then um, i've just come back from boston so we were over in uh, philadelphia harvard and we visited uh, the harvard innovation lab and uh, we had visited the harvard move lab which is uh, really interesting they're working in robotics and exoskeletons and rehabilitation in terms of health how robotics can help in that space kind of wearables basically um, but we were also over in the Cambridge Innovation Centre um, and what I'm doing when I'm looking at those places is finding out what's working and what's not working there that we can bring back to mm -hmm. here. So, you know, yes, I have my experience in Dublin, I have my experience in Europe, but I think, you know, 
in Merrick is another, you know, level up nearly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I was over busy with my phone, taking lots of photographs in the Harvard Innovation Lab. And, uh, and what I was really excited to see is they really got the spirit of what we had previously, I had previously done on paper in terms of visuals and images. And as you say, quite rightly, open spaces, you know, kitchens without walls so that you can move in because as I say, that's really where magic happens. Mm -hmm. Um, not a kitchen in a door that you close behind you and it's all the way down the end of the corridor. Not loads of, loads of closed offices. I think they're the killer. They're, they breed silo thinking. Yes. And that's really the killer of innovation. And, you know, businesses, you know, large businesses really suffer because they, they become quite siloed. You know, the data team and the subscription team and the finance team and the technical teams, you know, they all have their own agenda. You know, that's one of the things that I'm really determined to do is break down silos. Um, but so what we saw at Harvard Innovation was very much open spaces. Now with open spaces, of course, you need a private place to make a phone call. So they had the private booths for one or two people where they were 100% soundproof and could go in and have that very confidential conversation. Because what I would have seen in the NDRC, we were in an old Guinness warehouse, three-story warehouse. And the meeting rooms were getting booked so that I could have a private phone call, a very sensitive phone call. Um, and I didn't need a whole meeting room. All I needed was a little booth. So that was things I learned, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and so I'm trying to pick up, as I say, all great artists copy what came before. And I'm copying all yep. the good stuff I see. Mm -hmm. So Harvard had those small spaces. But then when I was over in Norway working with the Medicines Approval Board, okay, um, what I saw over there was, again, open space some of the booths, but then they had these execution spaces. So at some stage when you're developing or programming or writing, maybe you're pricing or a bit of marketing blog or whatever the case might be, you might need a little bit of quiet space. So they had these kind of quiet spaces, almost like a nursery. I thought it was like a nursery. You'd put all the kids in a, a hospital, mm -hmm. you know, let them get some sleep. Um, that's where people went into to execute. And they had their headphones on and they were in a different mode. So... I've been looking at how you manage all those different needs because if you think about yourself in a business, you're in, diff in, in work, you have different needs as the day goes along. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was what that journey yeah, was that's, about. It's great to, I suppose, draw the different uh, inspirations from the different facilities that you visited. And I think, if anything, there's no point reinventing the wheel whenever a lot of that heavy yeah. uh, has been done and drawing the best practices and bringing them, them back home. So that's... Fantastic to hear. If there's anybody listening today that thinks they have seen a problem that they want to adapt or something they want to improve or they're sitting there thinking, am I an innovator or where do I get started? They should reach out to us. And you'll, I know you'll share the, our contact details at the end, but like Alpha Innovation is here for businesses of all size, for whether you've started or you haven't even started yet, you have a question, reach out to us. You'll find me all over LinkedIn usually. And I'm really open to having, you know, there's the comment sections there. So just ask a question. I don't stand on formality, but I really want to empower, you know, the whole region. I want to empower all of Donegal because we're all innovators. It's not about, as I say, the Collisons or somebody else who's the innovator and we have one innovator in Ireland or we have 10. You know, I want to breed the sense that Donegal innovation is just how we do things. Mm -hmm. So we solve problems. We listen. We care about solving problems. And if we don't, if I don't have the answer, I'd point you to somebody else. You know, there's, as you said earlier, there's so many great enablers. We're mm -hmm. really, really lucky. You've got Westbrook, you've got Leo, you've got the County Council, you've got Enterprise Ireland. You know, there's no, there's the Western Development Commission, if you look down the, 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 the coast. Like there's, we all really want to breed success. Um, 
I think the trick, and we've talked about this before, is making sure you're reaching out to the right stakeholder at the right time. You know, if you're just starting up, then don't be reaching out to Enterprise Ireland because they're busy dealing with the businesses that are scaling into mm -hmm. the US market. But I think that's a very good point to, to end on, Kevin. There's so many uh, supports out there, but it's a matter of, I think, a lot of people are just actually afraid to take that first step of reaching out. And as you say, reaching out to the right person at the right time. So don't be afraid to reach out and seek that support. Exactly. Entrepreneurs are generous. We all want to help each other. Exactly. And we, we, we love seeing other people being successful. We don't resent somebody else coming into our patch because the opportunity, as we said earlier, is global. It's huge. And if you see a really good business doing something, you think to yourself, I wonder if we partner with them. Exactly. That's what that's the mentality we want to Stronger have. Stronger together, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Very nice way to, to end. But we have a tradition here on the show where we finish off with a quick fire round. So I'll give you the questions and we'll end on that note. So Kevin, work from home or office? Very good question. I um, remember I mentioned earlier there about you know your needs in the day change or in the week change. Sometimes you're doing quiet execution work. And sometimes you're doing work which really is important in terms of collaboration. And other times you need to be bombarded and collided with other people's thinking that challenges your own. So I don't think there's a real cut and dry answer. I do think that working from home has been a fantastic opportunity. I think no longer do you have to be in the city, a city to work. You can be anywhere in Donegal, on the coast, with a fantastic quality of life, working from home, knowing that down in the local GTEC or in initial innovation or wherever the case might be, there are other like-minded people you can tap into. Mm -hmm. But I also do like them coming away and being able to work from home and get things done when I'm in that execution mode. Yes. So uh, it's a bit of a mix. I, I, we went through that, that question uh, across Europe uh, in the businesses that I was with and we came up with this hybrid model. And what mm -hmm. we said was we want people to work together when there's a real value of them coming together. We need to create more of those valuable conversations. And I think that's what we want Alpha to be is that valuable space where you go on a Monday, you know, you'll talk to the finance person or on a Wednesday, you'll talk to the marketing person mm -hmm. or a Thursday, you'll talk to somebody about building a particular type of technology. And then when you're at home doing your accounts or writing your blog or whatever, yeah. you're, you know, you could be at home doing that. I'd agree. It very much depends on the, the type of work and the, the concentration level that's needed, but also um, whether or not the, the collaboration aspects coming into it. So, yeah, I, I very much agree with your, your answer. So Apple or Windows? Oh, this is a very easy question for me to answer. Um, I'm afraid it's Apple. Apple. Uh, I've trained all the way through my life in Apple and I just, it, it works how I work. Now, I know for other people, it's Windows. And... It, it just depends how you work, depends you know, or maybe how you're trained, I don't yeah. know. I just find Apple fantastic, but I do have an Android phone. I can't get my head around an Apple phone. Oh, that's controversial, Kevin. <laughs> I like to put myself outside the comfort zone. Uh, I did use a PC for about two years there, because I went, I'm going to get past my own bias. Maybe I just need, to, maybe <laughs> the PC has amazing things that I haven't experienced yet, but I have gone back to Apple again, <laughs> I'm afraid. Perfect. So emails or phone calls? I think it's really hard to beat the personal contact. But if I were to put it in terms of levels, I would say telephone call, email, because it's good to give people a reminder, nudge, and then social. I had this conversation with somebody earlier today where they were saying, we assume everybody sees everything on social. But sometimes you have to pick up the phone and say, did you hear about that conference? Mm -hmm. I'm going, will you come along with me? Building those relationships are very hard to do just on social, just on email. Um, so I think the, whether it's having a phone call or even better, sometimes getting in a room at an event, yeah, 100%. You know, real magic happens then as well. Good answer. Um, so tea or coffee? Oh, tea. <laughs> Definitely, without a doubt. Hard copy or soft copy? 
Hmm. Well, I have my notebook in front of me at the moment, my pen and my post-its. Uh, so hard copy, I think, is really valuable when you're getting people in a room together. Because I think sometimes you have to come out of the computer. Mm -hmm. uh, but I try to reduce as much paper as possible. Uh, so I don't tend to print reports or print documents. Um, I try to highlight them online, uh, you know, a PDF or whatever. Um, hmm. Mix, Mix, I'd say. Okay, perfect. Microsoft Teams or Zoom? Oh, this is this is a really good one. Um, I would say neither. I use Google Meet. Meet, okay. Mm -hmm. um, we'll have to add that to our yeah, questions. It'll have to be a three-pronged yeah, question. It's a new one. Mm, very good. Um, I suppose I find the tools that Google can produce are really, really, you know, talents, really easy to use, really flexible. Um, and uh, so uh, the startup world tends to use things that are free and easy. And sometimes Teams, well, Teams I don't think is too free. <laughs> Zoom, you can get obviously your free copies. Um, so if I put it in order, I would say Google Meet, number one, probably Zoom and Teams. But I do know that there's a lot of real value in Teams. I worked with Teams for mm -hmm. three years there. And, you know, the file storage and sharing and searchability is quite compelling beyond it just being a video, video media, system. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, going back to what you mentioned there, social media. So LinkedIn or Twitter? LinkedIn for me. Uh, I was very active years ago on Twitter and I have never revived my account in years. Uh, I find LinkedIn is just a little bit more focused, a bit more business-like. Exactly. Uh, Twitter, I could get distracted by a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So early bird or night owl? Definitely an early bird. Good. Um, I like to get up very early in the morning, get stuff done. Uh, I unfortunately can't keep my eyes awake too late into the night. But I have to say I wasn't always uh, an early bird. And, you know, my background has spent a lot of time in sort of entertainment and arts. And that, because of its nature, is night owl. Yeah. So you have to be night owl. Um, so I can, I'm quite adaptable. But nowadays, I, I'm not. I can't keep my eyes open. So... <laughs> But the alarm goes off very early in the morning and I'm usually awake before the alarm. Brilliant. Very good. Uh, reading or podcasts? Uh, I love podcasts, um, but I also like reading and it's really short and sweet. Mm -hmm. uh, I like blogs um, and I do a lot of reading uh, and searching. Um, I also love like really short and sweet kind of videos. Mm -hmm. I like listening. So I think that's yeah. kind of podcasting. Uh -huh. Yeah, perfect. Time blocking or winging it? I tend to time block. Time yeah, block. I tend to be kind of really structured as possible. You have to because otherwise the day disappears. And last question is more or less than eight hours sleep? I think, I, I think I'm definitely less. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. But having said that, I think you need to get a decent night's sleep in order for your brain to function. The reason why I like getting up really early in the morning is because I think you operate, well, at least I operate very well. Yeah, more productive. I used to work in an industry where, you know, you'd be working late and it just kind of comes to a point where you're half functioning, whereas in the morning, I think I'm, I'm alert. At least that's me. Brilliant. Well, that concludes today's episode and I'd like to thank you, Kevin, for joining us here in Inishone. And you've already got in ahead of me in terms of where you can find Kevin. Also, in the description of this podcast, you'll be able to get more info on Alpha Innovation. So thanks very much for joining us today. And Kevin, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, really. It's awesome. It's a great, great conversation. Look forward to the next one. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to be notified about future podcasts. Please feel free to get in touch with us on social media and let us know if you found this episode beneficial. 
You can find us at Westwick on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. If you would like to hear more about our available supports, please get in touch via our website www.westwick.ie and of course, stay tuned for our next podcast episode.